0: Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. So for the past like five weeks, we've been diving into the core values of Glory Church. If you've missed them, that is fine. Uh, They are everywhere on our website. But we've done so in a really fun way. I'll tell you, when my wife and I created and and worded and and sought counsel and and mentorship over what these values would be, we really said, I cannot create something that is not genuine for us. And so those six core values are how we are successful as a couple. Um, Those six core values are how we um, are successful as a family. That's how I strive to be successful in a workplace is because of these values. They're not just some organizational values. They're values written in scripture that we should uphold. And so like I'm not, I I might have made them sound catchy, but they're etched in the word. And so if you've been with us, we've dove into five already. I'm not going to bore you with them because uh, actually it wouldn't be boring. I would just like spiral off on them. But you can find them on our website. But what I'm most excited about is our sixth core value, which it's the last one. But trust me, it's not the least. All right. It isn't. It is a value uh, that pushes for discipleship. It's a value that pushes for you not only to understand your gifts, but to activate them and use them. It's a a value that pushes forward for you to actually not just say, I love Jesus as I sit with Jesus followers, but to actually make a difference in the community. This is a value that just says, I will not be like stagnant. I will not claim to know everything. And so like, this is a value that if you know me as a man, I sadly do this sometimes, uh, not well, because I want to like push people in the direction that we're going to talk about. But this is etched in us as 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 a believer as believers. God calls us to this. Our sixth value, all right, is that we move forward. We move forward, and if you the 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 best part is like uh, we've already sing a song about it, right? We move forward. Uh, we we have this idea often that like we come to know Christ and then like. Uh, that's it. But if you think about it, healthy things grow, growing things change, and uh, changing things move in a direction, right? A plant moves upward as it grows, and a healthy church grows. A growing church changes. That means how things are now, the culture in the room, like from the simplest things to the most complex things, it will move forward. Like I'm not stuck to anything. Like that's why we don't have like LED lights in the dark room, because like we might get kicked out of a place and not have it later. So we're going to move forward. We're not going to be attached to anything because in in Christ, as we grow, that changes, develops, but in a more, like, intricate way. That means, like, I as a man will never claim to know everything about the Lord. You see, the beautiful thing is... uh, we get to discover more of who he is, which as we discover more of who he is, he starts uncovering our need for, to, to step into more freedom. And I start realizing today that I'm more free uh, than I ever thought. And it's not like I wasn't free yesterday. I just didn't believe it. Anyone else ever feel that way? And as we move forward, we start literally taking off this calloused heart. We start making a difference. You start activating and knowing what your spiritual gifts are. You actually stop like living in a Christian bubble and you actually bring people into the kingdom all because you're moving forward. It's one of my favorites. I mean, that's a process of sanctification, right? To like constantly grow, to move forward, to never claim to know everything. And so like, though this is a value of our church, even if you walk away and say, that was a cool church, not my church. I'm okay with that. I really am. But what I'm not okay with is you to say, that was a cool value, not my value. Because if you're a believer, you move forward. If you're a believer, you move forward. And so we're going to dive into this. I'm so excited for it uh, because honestly, a birthday is a great time. I've been praying over uh, big things over you. Those who call yourself a member of glory and those who are yet to come. Like that's that's the coolest part of being a pastor, is I can already pray for the people who have, I've never seen, right? I did that a long time ago, and I'll just try to keep doing that. Uh, but one thing I've been praying is that we move forward from death to life, that you experience that. You experience a city, some people as we move into that building that will move forward from death to life. That people will move forward from, uh, you know, assignments to actually stepping into their calling and anointing. That people will move forward out of complacency into their calling. That people will move forward out of their like calloused nature into real obedience, uncomfortable obedience. I've been praying that people would understand their name in Christ and then live it as they move forward. I mean, these things, and I'm really excited. Honestly, that's what the Lord wants for your homes. For you to move from complacency in your marriage. Some of you are like, why are you coming at the married people so much lately? I've had that. come on, like, come on. Move out of complacency in your marriage into the calling of your marriage, the anointing of it, and so I'm praying this all move out of complacency as you parent into actually activating the callings of your children. I mean, shepherding their souls, and so this is a moving forward kind of mentality. Your coworkers need it because as we move forward in faith, we actually pave the ground for them to see. We do. We need it. We need to move forward. And so, honestly, I want to paint a picture. We're going to dive into a lot of scripture today. And I'm, I'm sitting in it, all right? So, y'all, you can be prepared for that. Like, I, that's my, my go-to place. Like, I love it. So, we're starting in Isaiah. Then we're moving to Philippians. And then we're sitting in Numbers. And you're like, What? We're moving all over the place this morning. Some of you are like, I don't know anything about the Bible, but I'll just say, yeah, it's okay. We'll make sense of this. But Isaiah is where we're going to say. Isaiah chapter uh, 57, if you want to put it up, it's this beautiful prophecy of Jesus. And sometimes when Isaiah uses the word messenger, it's talking about Jesus. But when it's plural, which it is later on or earlier on in this chapter, messengers, that means you and I, the future church. And so it literally says, the messengers shall say this. Let it be said, build up, build up, prepare the way, move forward. Like prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. For this says, thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. God says, I dwell in the high and the holy places, but also with those who are contrite and humble in spirit. And his purpose is to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite, for I will not continually accuse, he says, nor will I always be angry for if I was I mean can we be honest, if God was always angry, we would our spirits would grow faint, even the souls that He made would grow faint, but he continues, he says, because of their wicked and covetous ways, I was angry, and I struck them. I hid and was angry, but they kept turning back moving away from my direction back to their own ways. I have seen them. I've seen those ways, but I will heal them. I will lead them. I will lead them. As I will repay with their comfort, creating their mourners, the fruit of the lips, which is a fruit of praise. He says, peace, peace to the far and the near, says the Lord, because I will heal them. But the wicked are like the tossing sea that cannot keep still. Whew. Its waters toss up mire and mud, and there is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. Now, I'll tell you, this idea of moving forward, if you want to just keep this up so I can use it. uh, This idea of moving forward is not a a godly thing alone. Everyone in the world wants to move forward. Right. Think about like, we had a bad thing. I want to move forward. Like I want to be done. Like we, some of you, like, you know, families, family dysfunction. Let's move forward. There is a, a, a past marriage that, that just blew up. I want to move forward. This is a real thing. We got fired from that job. Let's move forward. The world wants to move forward. But if you saw this, like the interesting thing is that the wicked, the world actually are tossing like the sea. I want you to think of this image of moving forward and then tossed backwards, moving forward and then tossed backwards. This idea of crashing left and right, trying to figure out like what is, like I'm trying to gain ground, but every time I do, I get pushed backwards backwards. Now, the sad truth is, uh, even as a believer, I feel that way. Do you feel that way ever? Like, you try to gain ground um, in a relationship. You try to gain ground in a discipline. You try to gain ground. And uh, you're, you're even reading the scriptures. But every time you seem to step forward, you just feel like, you get tossed backwards. Anyone? What's well, really interesting because uh, it says the wicked. And sometimes we're like, God, does that mean I'm wicked? It's interesting, the word wicked here means guilty, those who are not innocent. Now, the innocent, the the interesting thing here is we feel tossed because we believe we are guilty still, and we'll get into this more, but as as a child of God who your guilt has been paid for, often the very thing that's tossing us around are the unconfessed things then, that we're still living in this idea of guilt, even though we don't, have it. Uh, Those unconfessed, I wrote some things down. I try to always pray when I have these like, you know, bullet points. Some of you, you've been living with unconfessed bitterness and you've been wondering why I move forward. I constantly get tossed back. Some of you, you've you've had unresolved fear and you're wondering why I move forward. I get constantly get tossed back. Unsubmitted concerns, you tell them as annoyance, but you don't deliver them as a prayer. And so you get tossed back. Like, honestly, like, you have undealt with pains that you want to move forward in. But they're undealt with to the degree they need. They're not submitted. So you get tossed back. Like, this is interesting. The way of the wicked, like, let's be, sometimes we can act very wicked. (laughs) We can act without, we can act without belief. And I say, I wrote that even those, like, believers in the room, as you try to discover, God, what do you have for me next? If there's fear or worry or doubt, we will, we will struggle with the tossing until we submit those things. And I don't know, maybe you've been there. Maybe you are there. Can I just tell you, like, you have a place here. This is why we're talking. This idea of moving forward is not easy, but you've been made right to move forward. You've been made new to move forward. You've been made guiltless by the guiltless Savior so that you can move forward. But it's interesting. I think, like, we live in the space of knowing we need it, but our our flesh urges us to do something else. So we're about to open up to Philippians 3, all right? I told you we're going to the New Testament. So you can go ahead and, and, like, get there. But one thing as I was reading this this week, I was very aware of a movement that we do that our flesh likes And a movement that we're called to do moving forward that our um, faith likes. And so though our faith calls us to move forward, our flesh likes us to just move on. And we call it a godly act still. But we wonder why no disciplines have happened in our life. We wonder why there's no ground. We wonder why we don't feel a community. We wonder why we don't fit in. And it's often because we move on instead of moving forward. Paul's going to talk about this in Philippians 3, and I'm really excited to move on. How many of you have ever been like, or see on TV? Like, I see this all the time, where they're just like, you just need to move on. Like, you need to be done with it. You need to be finished with it. You need to move on. It's as if the connotation reeks of this. Pick yourself up, plant yourself over here, and go a different direction. That's like moving on is like, act like it didn't happen, and start going. That's vastly different. Some of you are like, that's semantics, that's vastly different, though, than moving forward. Because many of you have conversations. All right, married people, I'm sorry. I'll do it again. Many, people have, many of you have arguments that you want to move on from, but you need to move forward in them. Many of you have had pains that you want to move on from, but the Lord's like, I still want you to move forward in dealing with this. Many of you, you have, you have anger or compromises of your past that you want to move on from, but you need to move forward In them. That means there's some things you need to confess. It's very different. There's some grief. Some of you were abused by leadership. Your parents. And it's damaged. You want to move on from that. But the Lord's like, no, I need to meet you in it so that you can move forward in it. It's a very different thing. What if the very reason you are still struggling to know your giftings is because you've done a lot of moving on, but not moving forward? You've done a lot of moving on but not moving forward. But honestly, like the real work is side railed when we move on, the real work of healing. Uh, when we move on, we, we get distracted by so many things. It limits our work of confession. It, it, it distracts our belief of what God is doing. If you wanna take a note, like write this down, moving on the worst part, and many of you know this, like I will never be a pastor that tells you to do something on your own because moving on is this lonely task right? That lifts our selfish independence and it numbs our needs. Israel does this all the time. That's why we're going to numbers later. Moving on is when Israel was like, hey, we just left Egypt. It stinks out here. This is really bad. I want to go back to that, slavery, where instantly Israel was independent, their selfish independence, and it numbed their need of a savior. You see, some of you, you want to move on, and it's taken you from the people of God. Moving forward is a little different. So before we even get into Philippians 3, this is moving forward. Moving forward is the task of walking hand in hand with the Lord as his bride. And you're like, okay, that's that's pretty simple. No, get it. Some of you think you alone are the bride, and you're wondering why you can't move forward with Jesus. It's because Jesus has the hand of the church, and you don't want to submit to the church. And so you're wondering, why am I still dealing with this? Because Jesus didn't come to die for you. He came to die for the world, the kingdom. It's so much bigger. So moving forward, it involves you now having to confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. Moving forward is this leaning on in in the buildup of the body, and, and you carry one another's burdens so that you can move forward. Often we want to move on, and it's this isolating task. And so I love it. Paul, you ready? He says, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to share in the sufferings of him. I want to literally move forward just how he moved forward to obedience to death. I want to do that. I want to know Christ. There's more to grasp of him. I want to know the power of his resurrection, right? I want to become like him in his death. If I somehow may attain that as well. And he says, not that I've already got there. I haven't. But one thing I do, right? You know this. I'm not, I haven't obtained it or reached the goal, but what I do is I press on. I move forward because, like, I want to make Christ Jesus, who already has called me his own, I want to make him my own. And right now I have a lot of things on my own that need to be let go as I grab the hand of Christ with his church. So I want to make, I want to make this my own. This is Paul, and he says, beloved, like, I don't consider myself to have already done it, but one thing I do is I forget what lies behind, and I strain forward to what lies ahead. And this is where I had to stop when I was studying, because I was like, this is where the moving on versus moving forward sort of fleshed out in my heart. Because we want to forget bad things, and that's called moving on. That's not what Paul's talking about. He's not blocking it out, acting like it's not there. We want to we move on. We want to numb ourselves from the pain. We, we, we want to overlook the doubt. We want to act like it wasn't as a big deal as it was. Can I just tell you, that's not moving forward. But he says, when, I, when he says, I forget the things behind, I just want to remember the cross of Christ and the, the salvation story that we have where God says, I remember their sins no more. Does that mean he's like, oh, they didn't do it. No, we did it but he's not responding to it anymore that's that idea of forgetfulness his he sees it no more he sees the result of your sin but is now making it better like the, the idea of forgetfulness here is this ability and some of you have grasped it and others, of you, others of you you need this the ability to allow the forgiveness and grace of Christ to wash over that so that your soul sees it no more in other words when you think of it, your flesh isn't the one responding. Does that make sense? You remember it when your flesh responds to it. Some of you, you walk into a room and what you remember was the outcast feeling that you had back then. And God's like, I need to move forward so that you actually plant yourself in a church, in a place that will grow you and see that you are valued and have purpose. But what you still walk with is the flesh memory of being an outcast. Does that make sense? You haven't forgotten it. Your soul remembers it more. And so forgetfulness is allowing the grace of Christ to transform that. Uh, I don't know if I have time, but I will just say it anyways. It's like, <laughs> I was like, you only tell this story if you think you have time. That's what my notes say. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's when it's dark and I'm barefoot and I step on broken glass with, or like something sharp. And I fall to the ground because if you know anything about our story, I had a break in and I got this nasty blood on my I still to this day, this is proof that I still need some forgetting in my soul. Because when I step on something, muscle memory is not just ow that hurt, but I like freak out for for a quick five seconds, drop to the ground and think my foot is covered in blood again. And I like freak out. That's proof that my soul still needs to forget. Does that make sense? It's proof because muscle memory still says, you're not moving forward, Greg. You're trying to move on. And so I just, I'll just i leave that there. Greg's dealing with this as well. It's real. But I think as a people of God, we claimed this moving on spirit more often than we think. This past two years, as um, the pandemic has unfolded, We claim, just like the world, we want to move on from things. I want to be done with that. And anyone who's different than me, I'm done with them. And we claim this a lot. Like if there's differences, then I'm done with it. And I'm just done with the people. And their stubborn ways. I'm done with it. We have this moving on mentality. And honestly, it's hurt the church. Because we're not moving on from anything. We're called to move forward in it. Think about it. When we move on we create biased claims of what is truth and ends up like we literally turn our face from a whole population of people that Jesus moved forward to die for. And this is just a big picture. As a church, we will not move on. As a man, I will not move on because in doing so, if I call, if I'm finished with someone, then I've turned my back from a very person that Jesus moved forward to die for. Is this huge? Moving on is so detrimental to our faith. But as a people, we got to move forward. And and Paul continues. He's like, so I press on toward that goal. I move forward because my goal is the prize of Christ. You so you know when you're moving forward when your goal is Christ. You know you're moving on when your goal is um, autonomy or when your goal is like self discovery. Or you know you're moving on when your goal is I just don't want to deal with it anymore but you move forward when your goal is Christ. And he says, let those of us who are mature be of the same mind. And if you think differently, God too will reveal it to you. I wish I had that kind of mentality. Like sometimes I like really struggle when people are just stuck in an immature thought. But Paul's just like, if you think differently, God God will reveal it. He will, he will. You got to move forward. You're just going to be tossed back and forth. God is going to reveal the only way forward is with his hand. New goal, new set of goals. And then he says, honestly, I didn't even think about this, but this is one of my favorite verses throughout the Bible. Like he says, only let us, only let us hold fast to what we've already attained. Like that's, that's deep. In other words, the best way of moving forward is by clinging to what you've already been given. And you're like, what? That sounds countercultural, cultural, right? That's counterintuitive. Now, I need you to understand this. Think about it. You believe, our flesh believes, moving forward is claiming what we don't have yet, is fighting for we ha- what we haven't achieved, right? Like, moving forward in our mind is, is claiming what isn't ours yet because we're moving forward to grab it, or we're moving forward because we're without or we're lacking. But Paul says, no, I, everything I do is to hold fast To what I've already been given. In fact, he's like, I'm new, but the things that I do wanna do, I don't do. You know this passage, right? But the things I don't wanna do, I keep doing. So even though I'm new, I need to hold fast to the belief that I'm new, or else I'm gonna keep doing what I don't wanna do. It's not me. It's not me anymore. I am redeemed, right? The, The way to move forward is to say, I'm clinging to what I already have, where Peter says, The Spirit of God in you has given you everything needed for godliness. That doesn't mean you cling for something outside. You believe in what you've already been given. That is sanctification. This belief of allowing your flesh, your mind, your heart to fall in line with where your soul already is. My soul's in heaven. Anyone else? Like, right? Like, we're given eternal life already. But moving forward is allowing every bit of what is going on in my life to fall in suit with what I've already been claimed. A child of God. New man. And so this is very different. Some of us, we think we have to achieve something. No, you don't have to discover like, and grab hold of what your gifts are. You're already given them. <laughs> You're already called. You're already enough. You're already anointed. You're already made new. So you take that understanding and you move forward. Many times you're tossed back because you think you aren't new. It's okay. I won't dive into that more. But there we go. Yeah, I, I, we just got to move. Literally, that's sanctification. But as I told you, we're, we're going to end in numbers and sit for a bit. Um, numbers 13. You can get there. I actually, uh, I'll do a little call out of men's Bible study this week. Um, I sat in men's Bible study as uh, one of our guys spoke into Another guy uh, who is struggling. Um, and he spoke into it. And what he said was Numbers 13. And I don't know why. I love that God has my own ministry and and confidence of planting a church. God did so through speaking Numbers 13. So I don't even know why I didn't think about it. Moving forward, got to talk about Numbers 13. But I'm very thankful for the men's Bible study. Because I walked, amen. Because as I was working, I was like, Numbers 13. So if you know the story, uh, Israel from their beginning was given this promise. If you want to hold off on on it. uh, From the beginning, because they're going to read this and like, what is he saying? Um, From the beginning, Israel was given a promise of a promised land. A place that they could call their own. They were in captivity. They were struggling. But there's this, you have a place. And so that's literally, they would tell. It's like me telling my daughter, Trey, hey, but God has given us a place and we're going to wait this and we're going to trust that one day it'll be there. And she's like, daddy, do we sh- do we really have a home? Like, do we really have a place? Yes, we'll walk there. We will get there one day. And this is a spoken promise believed over and over and over, over and over and over and over. And then finally they get to the border of the promised land and they send in a small group of spies And the purpose of the spies are go scout out the land, go figure out what's going on, like uh, bring back if you see any fruit there, bring it back and give us an assessment of if it's good. In other words, in order for them, they've already put qualifications on whether they should move forward or not. They're allowing mankind to determine if that's a good enough place where God has already given it to them to cling. How many times has God given us something, but we still want all the affirmation in order to just confidently move in on it? Like story of my life. But anyways, of, that's not even the point of this yet. The story of my life. I'm like, but do you see God in it? And, and God's like, I've told you move to Kansas city. And I'm like, but like they said, they, he said, they said, we don't need men to affirm or confirm what God has given. No. What we do need is godly counsel. And many times, God was like, has given me like multiple men in my life that was like, Kansas City, do it. And I'm just asking for more. I'm like asking, I need more confirmation. I need more confirmation. That's the sending of spies. Like, how many years of Israel's life do they say the promised land's coming? And they are like, but now we're here and I'm going to send in spies. So they go in and they get fruit. They get a lot of it. And we're about to open up to uh, verse 28. But they get in the land and they see, like, finally, this is for us. The fruit is huge. It's golden. It's grapes. Like, we've got all this. And then they see something else. And it says, the spies reported in verse 28, yet the people who live in the land are strong. There's people there. What happens, like, when you move forward and you realize like it's not as empty as you thought like do you have a place there is like will god still work even though there's other people occupying that place they feel called like how many times i don't fit in there but like we they move forward so and they saw the descendants of Enoch there, and Enoch is was a giant, so these guys are big. And it continues. It says, verse 30, but Caleb. One of the spies quieted the people before Moses and said, hey, let us go at once and occupy it. For we are well able, we are well able to overcome it. He's like, what? He's already given, literally he's saying, let us hold fast to what we've already attained, that land. Like, let's do it. Caleb's like, let us hold fast to it. And it says the men that had gone up with him said, like, we are not able to go against these people for they're stronger than we are. They brought to the Israelites an unfavorable report then of the land. They told the people lies, and that they spied out. And they said, the land that we had gone through as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. That's a lie. And all the people we saw in it were of great size. There we saw the Nephilim, the an- 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 wow, Anakites, come from the Nephilim. And to ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers. And so we seem to them. And it says, then all of the congregation cried out. They raised a loud cry and all the people wept that night. And all the Israelites began to complain against Moses and Aaron, the whole congregation, the whole, all of them said, would that we had died in the land of Egypt. That would have been better. Or would if we died in in wilderness, but now we're going to die by the sword of these people? And they're like, literally, what if like our wives and little ones died? become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? Would it not be better for us to move on from this moment? Wouldn't it be better for us to go and move on? Like, this is dangerous. Like, do you, what is happening? Wouldn't it be better for us to move on? And so they said one another, like, let's choose a captive, captain, and go back to Egypt. Now, I was shocked to find, as I was reading this again, and I've read this many times, that this same scenario, verbatim, plays out in every one of our thoughts all the time <laughs> all of them every day we have the opportunity to seize the things that God has given us but at the same time of doing it we dabble like we dabble in we we want to you you dabble at a church you dabble in in bible reading you dabble in this idea of like god give me like uh, understanding of my calling you dabble in good things and it may bear fruit but at the same time of you dabbling in it there are other things that start showing itself there are other things because then the decision-making time comes and we decide either to move on or move forward and why if you want to think about it it's because moving forward means facing giants it does can you put that out for them to, to, to visibly moving forward always means facing giants Always. It means facing giants. And if you notice like what they said previously, the land was full of fruit, right? It was full of fruit. It was so beautiful. And now it's being clouded by the reality that there's giants there. It is. And they, I love this, they made themselves out to be Way smaller. I mean, did you read this? It literally said, can you put this, it's slide 13. He said, to ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers. Can you put that up for them? Uh, you're good. To ourselves, we seem like grasshoppers. Slide 13. And so we must seem like them to them. To ourselves, we seem like grasshoppers. So we must seem like that to them. In other words, like, I feel like a grasshopper, and so they must think that I am a grasshopper. They must see me that way. In fact, like, as I look to this, the the enemy of us moving forward, like, Satan is at work. Can we just be honest? All the time of us moving forward, he doesn't want us to move forward. But the enemy of moving forward is not in the giants. I need you to know this. The giants are not Satan's tool. The tool was the lure. Can you— can you put this out? The lure is the enemy's plan is on twisting their perception of themselves in light of the giants. At least that's slide 14. Uh, twisting their perception of themselves in light of the giants. There we go. We got it. You see, often like we think the enemy is the thing itself. But the enemy is when they started twisting their perception of themselves because they saw the giant and they were like, we we're small and in light of it. So I'm going to make this very plain. You ready? I love it when Miss Rhonda says, make it plain. You go in a conversation. You go into a conversation, a place, and God is, you're trying to move forward in it. There are going to be giants in the room. But it's not the giant that is the issue. It's what the enemy is making you think about yourself Because of those giants. And that is when you start twisting. That's when insecurities arise and you would rather move on. I can't tell you how many times I've been this, the giant for people, and I hate it because they see their insecurities, and I'm like, I, God, like, will you just love on them right now? I, I remember all the times when godly men in my life were the giants, and it wasn't them that was the enemy. It was my insecurities or my doubts or my fears. And so I didn't want to move forward. I wanted to move on. I want to move on. And that's those are the very people that would grow me into the man that I am today. But we wanted to move on because, like, I—, I I feel unseen. Were they making you feel unseen or is the enemy luring you to step back into that feeling of unseen? Like we, your resentment starts spurring up. It starts getting too real. The feelings that there's no place for you come to mind. Memories come to mind. And because those giants are there, you bail. It's so interesting. And the enemy's plan is not those obstacles. It isn't. The enemy's plan of tripping you up is not the obstacles, the financial setbacks. It's how you see yourself in light of the financial setbacks. That's what will halt, halt you from moving forward. How you, see, how you see the Lord, right? How you see the Lord because of it, in light of those things. And then you move on because our God, like, right? He must have been wrong. There is... There's people in that land, and I have no place there. They're going to take everything I hold dear, my wife and my children, and they will take it and twist it. And God's like, what? No, I've given you this so that your wife and children will have land, and they will grow up and know that I am the one true God, but you are literally taking that from them. I wonder how many times we do that. How many times? And it's interesting, though, because the, the story continues. <laughs> we want to put up walls. We want to retreat. We want to defend. We want to move on. But it continues, verse 5 of chapter 14. It says, then Moses and Aaron, the leaders, they fell on their faces and started crying. They're like, done. And it says in Joshua, verse 6, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephune, whatever, you know, however you want to say that. Who were among those who had spied out the land, those two, Joshua and Caleb, they actually uh, stepped up. It says they, they tore their clothes and they said to all of the Israelites, they said, the land that we went through, they lied about. It is exceedingly good land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, then he will not only bring us into the land, he will give it to us. He will give it to us. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel. Do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people. For they are no more than bread for us. Literally, Caleb and Joshua are saying, only let us hold fast to what we've already attained, that land. Let's do it. They are, it's like bread for us. Their protection is removed. And the Lord is with us. So don't fear them. Verse 10, though. But the whole congregation threatened to stone them. Cool. This is the truth. You have the authority to move forward. as you submit to the Lord and sit with His people. You have the authority to move forward. Your calling has given you the ability to step into the promise. as you hold the hand of the Lord and realize you're a bride with His people. You have the ability to see redemption in your home, to make changes. You do. you do. But can we just be honest that there are factions of our heart? I'm going to use the word faction. There are factions of our heart that are like every one of those spies who see the negative and only few pieces at times. Like some of us, as we grow in our faith, only like 2% of our soul is like, we can do it. Whereas the rest are like, it's going to devour us. And which one are we going to listen to? Which one? What I love the most is the names, um, because there are small voices in our hearts that still scream that, that same charge of Joshua and Caleb. And the really cool thing about Joshua and Caleb is the definitions of these names. Caleb means, in Hebrew, faithful. Caleb means wholehearted. Caleb means bold and brave. Joshua means God is my deliverer. In other words, if I can speak this, you can listen to all of those other factions of your heart that say "run, move on," or you can stop and say, "I will be bold in the fact that God is my deliverer. I will be Caleb to the Joshua. I will be bold to the fact. I will stay stand faithful to the fact that God is my deliverer, and so I will move forward. I will move forward." But we often struggle to listen to the Caleb of our our spirit, the the Joshua of our spirit. But the best part is you're not alone. So we're going to go full circle as we end. Band, you guys can come on up. Do you remember when he talked about uh, Isaiah 57, right? It says, prepare the way of the Lord, right? The messengers say, heap up, build up, prepare the way of the Lord, right? It says, remove every obstruction, you ready? Now I need you to, this is where it's going to come full circle. Many of you, the obstruction has remained because you won't let the people of God remove it for you. This is a call to the messengers of the Lord. How many of you, how many of you have been on the cusp of doing something God ordained and the confidence that you had to step forward was because a dear friend called out your fear and reminded you of faith, Right. How many of you, you were on the cusp of moving forward and your friend said, you are disobedient, do it. How many times have you been on the cusp of moving forward and it was because a friend moved the obstruction from your your feet? Like that is the image of the church. And many of you, you're tossing back and forth, moving on versus moving forward because you won't submit yourself to a church that moves the obstructions from you. Like that's the people of God. How many times they say like, You are called. Like, I see God in you. Like, that is a fear. That's an insecurity of your past, and that's not who you are. Sometimes those are the words that we need in order to take the step. But we won't be vulnerable enough to do it. So I'm just going to pray as we get into this time of worship. Like, honestly, God is at work in this place, and there's a couple of things that I need to tell you. There's some of you who, um, you're always tossing. You're always trying a new thing, and you're always tossing. And it's because you've never claimed Christ as your Lord. It's true. And the only people who can adequately move forward are the ones who have hand in hand with the Savior, one with his church. Like, And you're wondering, why isn't this working? It's because you're trying to do it on your own strength. There's others of you that for a long time the Father has been saying, like, I have something for you, but I need you to just realize that it's not something outside of you. I need you to claim who you are in me. And that, that like, that stepping forward needs to be done. Needs to be done. Some of you are like, I, I want to know Jesus, but I've never actually taken the step to, like, All right, I'm going to ask how. (laughs) I'm going to ask how. You see, the really cool thing is over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about practically moving forward. We're going to discover, like, who God is. How does he speak to us? We're going to discover what are the places of of, of victory that I have not stepped in on, that he's given me freedom but I have not walked in it. What are the gifts that I may have or may not have or that I just haven't confidently stood up in? How am I not making a difference in my home and my marriage because, like, I'm not willing to talk about an obstruction? And we're going to dive into that as a church. So I just want to, like, I just want to bow our heads And let the Lord work. Father, in this place, I just pray. I pray that we can come to hear. That you are not saying, move on from that. You need to be done with that. But you're saying, come to me with that. God, I feel very strongly there are a few people who constantly think they're making ground and they lie to themselves because at the end of the day, they don't have any peace. There's no peace for the wicked, your word says. And they don't want to claim themselves as wicked because they think that they are good enough on their own. But God, they've never felt it you got in this place, I just pray that you say, come to me, all you who are weak. You speak it very clearly to their heart. This scripture says he knocks on the door and you just say, God, I can't take this anymore. I want you in. There's some of you that for the first time, you need to change this moving on to a moving forward and only followers of God can move forward. Others of you, you're a believer with a moving on spirit and you need to sit Be with the Lord. Some of you, you need to call out some things, confess some things. You need to allow the people of God to remove obstructions. Literally confess your sins to one another and you will be healed. There's so much power when we do things like this together. Some of you, you've limited the work of God in your life, the giftings. Your purpose is not to just sit in your happy ways as a saved person. But moving forward, we'll call some people to speak things that they are uncomfortable speaking. So God, I just pray we could be that as a church. There is a land in front of us with giants in it, but I will not let the giant dictate who I am. We love you, Father. I pray breakthrough. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.